You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Mayo, and I am here in the studio with Dave from Maps and Atlases. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for having me in here. Absolutely. I just want to start off by telling you that uh, I'm a huge fan, obviously, so I'll just get oh. the fangirl out of the way. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Trees, Swallows, and Houses, which was released in 2007, was my introduction to Maps and Atlases. I was living in the desert in very far west Texas, and a falconer introduced me to this record. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that sounds like, awesome. As you do. That's pretty much <laughs> the story that I hear most of the time, is this uh, falconer usually is who introduces people to our music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was out there doing like some sort of geological study on the land or something. We randomly met in one of those like cowboy bars and he was like, you got to hear this Maps and Atlas's record. And I was like, who were they? That's really cool. I am always intrigued and excited. I feel like people always tell us, you know, people be like, oh, I love this song. It reminds me of this time that this happened. And it's always some story that's like so much more interesting than like anything that I could provide uh, surrounding like a release or a song or something be like. So what was that song about for you? It was like, uh, I don't know. It sounds like your story is more interesting than mine. <laughs> but yeah, Falconer introduction to that album is a very cool introduction. I will say he's the only Falconer I've ever met in my life. So yeah, but it's interesting how like music has that effect on people, right? I mean, like that record for me was prolific in my time, like in the desert there. And I actually like because of that purposely did not listen to any of your other discography until now wow because it like shaped it so much that i was like i don't know i don't want to ruin it like i don't think i could handle listening to anything else <laughs> that's interesting yeah, that's cool do you have any albums like that that have like totally changed your perspective on things and so you didn't listen to the rest of the band's discography because of it huh um well you know i don't know that i I mean, I probably do have something like that, but I, I think a lot of times, I don't think it's super uncommon or anything, but like with certain bands, you know, you just get exposed to them through one album and you just love that album. And it's like, you know, can cognitively uh, understand like, oh, the rest of their music is probably really awesome too. But just like, yeah, sometimes you have that thing that's like cemented in with one particular experience. And, uh, you know, and I have that with a lot of a lot of bands. I mean, probably like most, <laughs> like most bands, you know, you kind of almost have to uh, make the conscious effort to reinvigorate your relationship with certain music when you have such a, an intense and uh, specific relationship with one piece of music. So, Do you have one that comes to mind? Yeah, I guess I've got a couple. I mean, there's, well, I've heard people say this about the Mountain Goats, that almost everybody who likes the Mountain Goats has that type of relationship with them, where it's like they just have one album. Because obviously they have so much music, so much stuff. And, you know, for most people, I think their stuff is, you know, their earlier stuff than than I was exposed to is usually what the reference point is. But for me, that Sunset Tree album I really love. And and that was just like when I found out about them, they released that and I went to see them. And I know everybody loves that one cursive record, uh, Ugly Organ. Oh my God, I totally forgot about them. I never really listened to that album, the one that everybody likes. I mean, I think people like a lot of their albums, not saying like the one everybody likes, but... I know everybody thinks of that one as a classic, but the one uh, before that, I think, was Domestica, or maybe, I don't even know where it is in their uh, discography, but that was the only one I ever listened to, and I really liked it a lot. But yeah, there are tons, like, tons of bands like that where I just, yeah, you get one piece of music at the right time, and you're just uh, locked in, you know, and I totally 
respect and understand that and you know to have anybody appreciate any of our music in that way is very flattering and cool you know all right well switching to the record the new one lightness is nothing new um is a record that ultimately came out of an experience of grief are you comfortable speaking about the content of the album yeah definitely yeah i mean you know one song in particular but you know multiple references that are like sort of overtly referencing my experience with you know my dad dying you know i think a big part of the way that it formed in general comes from just the fact that like so many of the songs were either written or finished kind of in the wake of that happening so even if a song isn't like necessarily like about that it's, you know it's got that in the background loved the sort of like uniqueness of your sound and this record is hailed by critics as one of the most listenable and I mean you've always identified as pop so was that sound and feeling were you conscious of trying to make it more accessible because of the difficult nature of the album you know it's it's interesting I think um you know you brought up uh, our first EP um earlier I think that you know we were playing that and uh writing it and sort of just coming up with the ideas that were on it while we were, you know, early in college. And I think that the progression of our band from then was sort of came from playing those songs a lot and sort of understanding like our identity together where we were like, okay, well, this is what we have fun doing and this is what we seem to do well. And a lot of it was sort of experimenting with different rhythms and different, you know, kind of unique harmonies and whatnot. And um, so I think that from that time, not that it's been like a linear progression from then to this album in some straightforward way, but I think that, you know, our goal has been, let's like try to be as experimental with the things that we do well and while at the same time kind of expand like the palette of what we can do and try to, you know, try to be as communicative and, um, you know, I think accessible in the sense that you know it's like we want to make music that we can you know share with people and that people can connect to and relate with and uh yeah so i I mean i think that we've kind of deliberately been trying to be as accessible as possible for a while while at the same time like continuing to experiment in the way that we have so i think that we just are you know getting better at it and um you know, but yeah, I don't think that uh, there wasn't necessarily a conscious choice when this album to be like, let's uh, let's make this like really easy or anything. But I think yeah, like we just want to make each release uh, as kind of inviting as possible, while at the same time not making it be uh, just like inviting and accessible, just for the sake of like, you know, um, just trying to get like famous or something. Because you know, we don't really have any anticipation of that happening and you know we just want to do our thing and you know keep growing as artists it's interesting how it works though because your lyrics are so like poetic and deep so it's nice that the music sort of like hooks people in i think and then they can actually like spend time like figuring out the record you know i hope so i mean that's i appreciate that and i think that uh yeah on this it's kind of interesting because working on this album for a while and I think I really lost perspective on a you know I mean I 
was focused on trying to make the songs be the way that I wanted them to be, but I think that um, you kind of lost perspective from other people not hearing it for so long on like how anything would be perceived. So I was like, certain songs where I was like, this seems like, <laughs> this is like I don't know, people are just going to think this is really weird or not um, like non-musical or something. And people, um, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that people feel like it's uh, accessible because there were points where I was like, I don't know, this might be like getting too out there or too weird. So I appreciate that. <laughs> totally. The album artwork for Lightness is Nothing New uh, super reminds me of the O'Hare United Terminal. Wow, that's cool. You're talking about this sort of like the long corridor mm-hmm. where the yeah. I love that. Because the album really cover cool. has like mirrors and then like the the neon sign of lightness is nothing new, like in the middle of it. So it just totally reminds me of like going through that terminal. <laughs> totally, yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. And that is totally how the um I mean I wasn't there when uh, the drummer from our band who's, you know, really talented photographer, he's the one who actually took the photo and built the thing with the help of our other friend James. So was it a real sign? Well, yeah, they had the neon made and actually did use mirrors and stuff. So that was That's a, so cool. very perceptive because I think most people uh, assume that it's kind of just, you know, like uh, digitally put together. But yeah, he really built it and it was super uh, cool and impressive. I mean, it's just like a photo. I'm not sure how much it's like edited or anything, but that's cool. Yeah, I'll <laughs> that in mind when I go to a hair in a time. What is your favorite song to play when you're alone and messing around on the guitar? Hmm. I have like a couple songs that I just like have played throughout the years. Like yesterday I was just playing around and I was playing uh, Harvest by Neil Young and just thinking about how that's just like a song that I've played for like decades and I never really get tired of playing that song. I love that song. And although I like probably if I actually was like going to perform it at like a show or something, I'd be like, uh, I need to like make sure I'm doing these lyrics in order because I just like sort of very casually play it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, oh, that one, uh, Smoking Pope song, I Know That You Love Me. I love that song too. And covered that song in a band that I was in when I was like in high school. And and yeah, I always really liked that song and I still really like Smoking Popes a lot. So I'll cover that song occasionally. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. So thanks for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This has been Amanda Roscoe Mayo with Dave of Maps and Atlases and the Chirp Studios. Must be the fog, must be the fog. Find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.